Good morning, Watch Ferry Road. Thank you for being here today. Congratulations to Gordon and Jan on 40 years of marriage. Bless her heart. <laughs> oh, she said, he said, she said it seemed like a day. That's a long day. We are glad that you chose to be with us today. You can turn in your Bibles to the book of Jude. We're going to be starting a new series out of this book called The Contender. And today's particular lesson is called What to Bring to a Fight. Now, I don't know how you grew up. I grew up with two older brothers. And uh, uh, I don't, we didn't really, I don't know that we fought that much, you know. But we fought some. But it did get to the point where instead of mom saying, don't fight, it's like, if you're going to fight, what? Take it outside. Some of y'all been fighting in your family, haven't you? Yeah, take it outside. I think that happened right after uh, Gary got knocked into the coffee table and a tooth got busted. Or something. I don't know. You know, you start costing my dad money, then it's going to be like, no. I mean, other, you can fight, but you start costing me money, we're going to have to change something here, right? So, uh, but uh, uh, we all have our experiences of probably of somehow or another seeing a fight or there's going to be a big uh, a fight in a football game today, right? They're fighting for the championship. There's some contenders. There's some competition there. And so uh, they're going to be on the field uh, uh, doing that uh, today. And so it means a lot. And so what do you bring to a fight? Well, let's, let's, first of all, let's just read the text and then we'll talk about that, all right? Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ... And a brother of James, who, by the way, also he's half-brother to Jesus. To those who have been called and are loved by God the Father and kept by Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. <clears throat> so Jude's writing a group of folks here. And he's going to have to encourage them about standing up for what that good news has already meant to their hearts. That faith that was once delivered. That, 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 that they all have there that's, that's saved them, that's brought them into this relationship with God. And so he's going to be battling some enemies. So what do you bring to a fight? <coughs> first of all, you bring confidence in who you are. That's what he says in the first two verses. Look, he says that they are called, they are loved, and they are kept. You know, it's great when you go into a fight and you already know you've got the victory. Because you've got a God who calls you. By the way, calling means that the gospel was preached. They accepted that call by putting their faith in it and repenting and being baptized. And, and now they're on the road. So they, they're the called of God. And they are loved. And we so desperately need to know that we're loved by God. Just look at what he's done for us. And they are kept. You have someone, Jesus Christ, that, that's keeping you and will keep you and preserve is the word that's used. He's going to take care of you. And so they're called and they're kept and, and they're loved. And he wants them to have this thing multiplied in their life, this thing called mercy 
and peace and love. And they need all that as they go into battle. They need to know who they are. They need confidence. You know, those guys playing that big ball game today, they'll come in with confidence. Every one of them, I guarantee you, they go in thinking they're going to win. Now, I know there are a lot that have cockiness too, right? Now, there's a difference between being confident and being cocky. The cocky guy, he's the one I want to see just get knocked on. You know what I'm saying? I want to see him knocked down. Well, I'm looking at Gordon. <laughs> Sorry, Gordon, not intentional. You want to see them get it, right? But you, if you don't come to a fight with some confidence in who you are, you'll never accomplish anything. They came with confidence. Now think about who you are. Peter says you are a royal priesthood. You're royalty. You're a peculiar people. And I'm looking at some of you are a little more peculiar than others. But you're peculiar people. You belong to God, Peter says. Think about this. You are the forgiven, the redeemed, the renewed, and the reborn children of God. That's who you are. Do you know who you are? You are sons and daughters of the creator of the universe. You are a Holy Spirit-filled, Holy Spirit-guided, Holy Spirit-empowered people of God. That's who you are. You are the church of the firstborn, the church of Christ, the church of the living God. Do you know who you are? You are the saved and the sanctified. You are the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. You are the grace-filled, faith-filled, gospel-driven, blood-bought, born-again children of God. That's who you are. That's who you are. And you can have confidence in who you are. Not of anything you've done, but because of the greatness of God the Father. And what he's done through the Son, Jesus Christ. Confidence. Be sure when you go into battle, you know who you are. But you also have to know, bring to battle a conviction in what you believe. In verse 3, he says, Dear friends, or actually he says, Beloved, Although I was very eager to write to you about salvation that we share. Look, he said, I really wanted to write to you about all the good stuff we have in salvation. I really wanted to do that. But I can't do that. I've got to write something else to you now. I've got to urge you, or one version says, I'm compelled to write to you. To contend for the faith that was once and for all entrusted to the saints. This faith that was delivered is the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. This gospel message that changed their hearts and their lives and changed where they would spend eternity. And this message that was given to them was all they needed to be right with God. And this thing had been delivered to them and preached to them and they knew it. And all of a sudden you have some people in there trying to pull them away from the faith that they had in Christ Jesus. It's a faith delivered and it's a faith worth fighting for. What would you give your life for? Is there a cause you would die for? Look, this is it. Guy walked in my office back last year from out of town. He said, Mike, he brought a friend with him. He said, Mike, I, I know that you and this church are anointed. I said, well, 
Oh, okay, I'm not sure quite what he meant by that. He said, oh, he said, wouldn't you like, if you could just do one thing to really change the world, wouldn't you want to get on, uh, involved in that? And I said, well, what, what do you got in mind? He said, Mike, there's a conspiracy out there that the government is poisoning our food on purpose. And they're doing that so that we'll be forced to buy the drugs that they approve and they'll all make money and that's, that's what's happening. But, boy, but, but with you and this church and the connection to the Robertsons, I, there it is. You, Al, you're bringing in the crazies. That we can make a difference. We can get this message out. And, check. and so I let, I, I, I let him talk for a minute. I said, let me ask you something. Let's say we cleaned up all the food and water and air, all, all that. Let me ask, are you still going to die? He said, well, yeah. I said, how are you going to get your body out of the ground? Well, I said, i got some good news for you. And so, man, I just, I went to the gospel. I said, here's, let me tell you the one thing we're about. This is the one thing that can really make a difference. This is the one thing that we'll give our lives for. I've got a cause for you. It ain't water and food. I've got a cause much greater than that. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we're on board with. Now, if you want to get on board with us on that, hey, we're good to go. He didn't get on board, but uh, <laughs> but we got the word to him anyway. Conviction. We must be convicted about what we believe, and we must be willing to fight for it. Look, sometimes fighting takes place on our knees. We're praying to God, and we're giving up that strong-willed child, and we're giving up that conflict, and we're giving up things because we tried to handle it ourselves, and we couldn't. And we didn't do a very good job when we played God, right? Because playing God will wear you out, and it doesn't bring you much success. So finally, we finally give that over to God. <coughs> Sometimes we fight from our knees. Other times we stand up on our feet that, that has the gospel around him, and we stand for the faith. And we confront those around us. We confront our culture. We confront those that would change the truth of God into a lie. And we say, no, this is what God said. He sent his son to die for me. Look at the empty grave. That grave is empty. And I stand on the one that came out of that grave. Now that's a cause worth dying for. Thank you, Gordon. Not only do we need conviction what we believe but we need a clear view of who the enemy is now you think about this people that are lost in sin are not the enemy they've been captured by the enemy and we have a goal to reach their hearts with the good news of Jesus and to change their lives we want to see them live forever because we all came out of the same situation right none of us deserve to be in the family of God only by God's grace through that faith delivered do we find ourselves in a right relationship with God anyway now there are some folks that slipped in among the church and Satan the enemy is using them to cause all kinds of problems. So he, Jude tells, here's how you recognize them. Here's what he says about them. For certain men, let's go back to the scripture here, guys. Let's read. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. There are godless men who change the grace of God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, 
our only sovereign and Lord. They are deceitful. They are ungodly. They change the grace of God and they deny the sovereignty of Jesus Christ. <coughs> That's how you recognize them. And they are used by the enemy. And they become enemies because they've given themselves over to Satan. Oh, look, he says, folks that live like this, they've been condemned a long time ago. Now, I, I don't have to worry about condemning them. God takes care of the condemnation. Aren't you glad of that? Because that's not my job. God takes care of that and wrote a long time ago that that would take place. But he says, you recognize these, they are godless. They are ungodly. They live as if God doesn't matter in their life. And how are they ungodly? In two ways he mentions here. One, they change the grace of God into a license to live immorally. Now, I think it's so easy for us in, in our learning about assurance and the grace of God, it is very easy sometimes for us to take the grace of God lightly. Do not keep coming on with the same immoral sin time and time again and march down front and say, I repent when you've done it five times in a row and take the grace of God lightly. It means something when you commit immorality. And you cannot turn around and just say, oh, I live like I want to. God's grace will take care of me. I'm telling you, that's not true. While I believe in the confidence and assurance of God's grace, you and I cannot walk in unholiness consistently and be in on the grace of God. And our immorality will shout out and say, I am ungodly. I don't care how many pews you sit in, how many Bible classes you're in, how many step studies you're in, how many scriptures you can quote, and how often you read your Bible. If you live immoral, consistent life, you are outside of the grace of God. Don't take God's grace lightly. Don't take it lightly. Please. The other thing they did was deny the sovereignty of God. Now, some think that it's just because their lifestyle just sent a message, Jesus is not the Lord of my life. And that's true. But even more than that, some even denied the deity of Jesus himself. You go into any other religious group outside Christianity. Their leader is in a ground somewhere and you can dig up their bones. It is not... Our God is not the same as the God of Islam. Listen to me now. Our God is not that God. Our God is not the God of Hinduism. Our God is not the God of this culture that just tolerates anything and everything. That's not our God. We've turned this thing around. What religious people now are saying is not that there's one God. They say there's one heaven and that people can get by to heaven through a lot of different gods. Untrue. There is only one God and he's the one that raised Jesus up from the dead and I've got an empty grave to prove it and no other God out there has that. Jesus Christ proved who he was when he came out of the ground. And we celebrate that resurrection knowing our bodies are coming out of that ground too all because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. One God, one Father, over all, above all, and through all, and in all, one. 
one Lord, Jesus Christ our Savior. One Lamb that was slain for our sins. One cross where blood took place to pay for my sin. Only one, only one. And that one is the name by which we are saved. Jesus Christ. My enemy, my enemy is Satan. My victory is in the Savior. Confidence, you bet we have confidence in who we are. Not anything to do with us, but because of God's love for us. Our conviction, we're going to stand on what we believe. No matter what this culture says, or what this government says, or what any other culture or government around the world says, we're standing on Jesus Christ, the risen Savior. So what do you walk out of here with today? Walk out of here and be confident in God and contend for the faith. You be bold with the truth and gentle with the people. Got it? You stand firm in what you believe, but you always do it with love and respect. Because we want people to come in to the family of God. But if we don't stand for what's right... People who are lost can't see the truth when it gets watered down by the culture around us. Be confident in God. He made you. He loves you. He called you. He'll take care of you. And be a contender for the faith. Father, we love you. Thank you for the good news of Jesus. Father, we are so sorry many times that we've sinned and falling short. We, we really don't want to do that. We want to be your soldiers. We want to be people, Father, who stand for Jesus Christ. But we always want to do it in the right spirit, in the right heart. Because you know, Father, we know your love for people. We want to have that same love for folks to share with them how they can have the hope of heaven. So if there's someone here today, Father, I pray that the good news of Jesus will prick their hearts. And they'll respond in faith to being on your grace. Thank you, Father, for that story that changes, changed our hearts and continue to change his hearts today as we share it. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen. If you have a need to come today, please do so while we stand and sing. <laughs>